Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree, and you are tuned into episode 47 of Hashtag You Good Man. So this is one of those episodes that are, I don't want to say near and dear to my heart, you know, but it's always great when another brother gets to come on and we get to have conversation, especially when it's a brother who I admire, who who I enjoy being around and just having, again, healthy, positive interactions. I, I think for many of us brothers out here, men in general, and I just told my brothers like <laughs> like brothers, brothers. Um, but for a lot of us men out here, uh, we don't really have that those intimate type of conversations, intimate type of moments with other brothers uh, due to how we've been conditioned, how we've been socialized. So for the brother that I'm about to introduce, we've had many of those moments where we've just, again, had, had um, you know, healthy interactions, productive conversations, and just somebody who adds value to my life. So, you know, I want to say first, thank you, and I appreciate you, good brother. Uh, so we have now Mr. Cobbiner. How do you say your last name? Cobbiner Frimpong. Um, Frimpong. And right. I always, always say my company, Green District Media. So uh, the two go hand in hand right now in my life. So, okay. Yeah, All right. Cobbiner right. Frimpong. So, miss, so I call him Cobb, right? Or good brother, you know what I mean? Or Jesus fanatic. We could go. <laughs> so we, we, I, I thought you were going to wait a little bit longer no, no, to no. say that in the, in the show. Okay, we're going to go right from yeah, the yeah, top. We're going to go right from it. And, and the reason why I had this, this brother on this week is actually kind of impromptu. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I go to Uncle Bobby's, those who know me know I frequent there every day. It's a great spot for conversation. I came in today, asked him had he seen my video uh, with regards to my daughter and those uncomfortable conversation or the uncomfortable conversation that I had to have with her yesterday. For those who don't know, who just may be listening, uh, yesterday, my, my daughter, she had to go home sick. She's 10 years old. Uh, she's a feisty 10 year old for sure. So I know if she wanted to go home sick, then something really was up because she's just not going to leave school to leave school. Uh, the nurse contacted us, said that she had threw up. She asked, was anybody sick in the home? Her mother said no. I said no. And so what transpired from there is is the origin of the uncomfortable conversation. So she proceeded to tell us that it could be the onset of my daughter getting her period, her menstrual cycle. And so I automatically clammed up because I hate those words. You know, I hate menstrual. I never say cycle. And I definitely don't put them together. And so... Um, and so when she said that, it was just like, oh, no, no, it's not time. And and when I say it's not time, because I see her, still see her. And I'm sure you can attest to that being a dad of, of, of two little girls. I still see her as being a five year old, a two year old and not this 10 year old who's, who's breasts are starting to grow Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know, where she's starting to come into, to womanhood. Right. And so, so make a long story less long. I knew I had to have this conversation with her. And and I was like, you know what? I didn't want to wait till we got home. I didn't want to wait for a few days because I probably would have prolonged it. You know mm-hmm. how it is when you, you know it's something that you have to do. And when you put it off, it just gets harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just like, forget it. So I sat in her school's parking lot. And she goes to a Christian school, by the way. Um, and it, which adds a, another dynamic to the, to the conversation another that we had. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I started off with, you know, and it's hard for me to say now. You know, we started off with, you know, vagina and penis. And then that's transformed into to how babies were made. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so now that that myth of the stork or is how she got here is this, this spell. Cause she never really asked how she got here. She just knows she's here. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we had that conversation, you know, about how she got here. As I said, then it went to, well, she's going to, you know, you're going to, substance is going to come out of your body. I was so scared to say the word blood because I don't like saying blood either, mm -hmm. but I had to say it, you know, out of your vagina and, you know, that's your menstrual cycle. I had to <laughs> like, imagine how, tra imagine how traumatic that is. She, she's known her life, right? 10 years of her life. And then you're now telling her, baby girl, this is what's about to happen to you. Like, imagine the horror of like, wait, 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 dad, what are you? Blood is going to come out my vagina? Like, why? Like, I can only imagine, like, how her mind is, like, processing the information that you get. And you're just at the tip of it at yeah, this point. Barely, because I, you know, I barely put the tip in. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but that's what it was. Because I was, as I'm doing now, I'm fun, and people who know me know, you know, I try to be very articulate mm -hmm. and matter of fact that when I speak, and I was fumbling over the words mm -hmm. like I have been, you know, this entire episode, because again, this is uncomfortable for yeah. me to have, yeah. especially with this little girl who I know her personality, I know her temperament, mm -hmm. right? I know she's sitting there, people who saw the video, you know, she got her hands on her face. It's like, oh my gosh, even though, you know, that was more of uh, a play for the camera as opposed to what was actually happening, but it was just so uncomfortable. And then where it started, which I thought I would just be talking about, you know, menstruation and what have you, because this is something very real. You know, recently she's been having a little bit of behavioral issues and now I'm starting to put two and two <laughs> together. Like maybe it's hormonal, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it could mm -hmm. be all a part of this. And so, cause again, her body is changing based off the foods that she eats based off of, you know, various, uh, stressors that she experienced which we know can cause uh little girls or young girls to have their their menstrual cycle earlier mm -hmm. so so with this conversation again it was just spawning in so many directions and i found difficulty in trying to <laughs> grab it and navigate it because it just went haywire mm -hmm. so after i'm talking about you know the menstrual cycle then it's about the you know we had to talk about the pregnancy and it's just like so you know men and women when they get together and you know they have a baby then i'm like oh wait you know what women don't just like men there are women who like women so here i am having a conversation about identity with her i'm asking her does she know anybody who likes girls that doesn't like guys she names her her big cousins i hear who's about 19 20 i'm like you love her right and she's like yeah uh and i'm like you know you you don't think any less of her she's like no that's my cousin i love her and i'm like that's a beautiful thing you want to mm -hmm. keep that mm -hmm. i often do that you know the fact that she goes to a christian school those who know me know i'm agnostic but i i want her to make sure that she recognizes that everybody is 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 lovable and deserves to be loved and yeah. desired to have a healthy friendship with no matter what their belief system are so i always go back to to at her last school, how she had a Muslim friend. She's like, yeah, that was one of my close friends. Mm -hmm. And a Jewish boy who went there and she was like, yeah, you know, that was another one of my close friends. So I just want to frame it to her in such where uh, I want her to just not only be accept accepting, mm -hmm. but loving of others. So, and I had to, again, I, this was unplanned. I didn't structure this and mm -hmm. sit and write it out. I didn't talk to her mother beforehand, uh, which may be problematic later, <laughs> but, but 
you know, we're going down this. Okay, so your big cousin and your godmother are, are lesbians. And now, well, there are men who, who don't like women, who like other guys and, and what have you. And so here we are. And it's just like, yo, this uncomfortable conversation is making me very uncomfortable. And then at the end of it, I was just like, damn, did I even do a good job? Mm. Right. I was able to ask her, you know, vagina, penis. She was able to to, you know, recount that without issue. But I'm like, you know what? I won't know if I did a good job. Mm. <laughs> you know, I won't yeah. really, I won't know today if I did a good job. Yeah. Maybe in a, a few years or 10, 15 years. And yes, I know this is a, is a ongoing conversation I want to have, but I wanted to first and foremost, make sure that she was comfortable with the conversation that was taking place. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to ensure her that she can trust daddy. Right. She can trust daddy with no matter what it is that I'm not going to judge her, whether she has a hundred sex partners or zero sex partners that her dad love is always going to be her dad's love. Yeah. And so I wanted to, to instill that. And so you and I were having this conversation this morning because, again, how old are your daughters? Uh, so my daughter, I have a five year old and I have a, uh, a one year. OK. Yeah. OK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I remember them days. And, you know, I just wanted to. You know, again, <laughs> I feel like prep you, <laughs> but that's real though, because you know I said that nobody prepped me, yeah. right? I didn't have an old head, I didn't have a father to say because I don't have any sisters. Uh, my father wasn't present like that, and so you know I didn't have an old head that say, "Yo, this is what's going to happen. You got a daughter," and I have a couple. A lot of my friends have daughters, and we all just figuring this out, right? I got a couple messages like, "Yo, man, like, yo, you handled that well," and I'm like. Okay, all right. Well, I'll take that validation. What really counts is her, though, yeah. and how she receives it. Yeah. But just how difficult or, or what are your experiences just navigating not only fatherhood, but those uncomfortable conversations? Yeah. So I know with me, one of the big things, you know, my wife and I, I'm happily married uh, six years now. Roberta Frimpong, I love you very much. Um, got to get the shout out. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to, you know, when you marry, you got to do that or else it's going to be trouble later. <laughs> trouble. Um, so... We always talked about the idea of um, being more proactive in our parenting as opposed to reactive. Um, so being proactive, obviously trying to bring up those things which we think are age appropriate at that given time, um, bringing them up to her so that that way is it's we can control it as much as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, even when we get there, it's still gonna be uncomfortable because, you know, I think you, I think about my daughter changing her diaper and all that stuff, and here I am. I remember we had the, when we had the conversation about her, you know, like the good touch, bad touch, you know, your private area, yeah. um, all these different things. It was, it was uncomfortable, even though we felt like we controlled it as much as possible the same way or, or tying back to what I was saying about being proactive in our parenting rather than reactive. We don't want her to come home and something happened at school and now we're trying to, I gave the analogy of like, you know, putting the toothpaste back in the tube, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to get it back in, trying to make it all make sense to her. It was more of a situation where we were the ones to introduce it to her um, and and we can control it as much as possible. My wife and I can can have a discussion prior. Okay, we want you, I want you to say this and I'll talk about that, you know, and, and try to control it as much as possible. Um, to, to help to try not to make it as uh, uncomfortable, you know. Um, but I think just in general, right, we, we, we see our, our daughters just one particular way and it's hard for us to see them as um, 
little little women, right? Essentially, she's going to be a woman at some point, you yeah. know, Lord willing. Um, so, you know, it's hard to to be like, uh, oh yeah, I've got to I've got to talk to you now, but I also have to talk to the to the to the you that's that's mm. coming, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and and like you said, you know, you just said uh, the idea of I won't know if she really received what I said until she's maybe 20 or 19 or 18 and then she can kind of like recall those conversations and how healthy those conversations were you know um yeah it's scary it's yeah yeah scary. yeah no I, I think you you hit the nail on the head as far as the idea of first where how we view our children just how we view people in our lives I talk a lot about role over identification mm. or 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 role identification where we put people in these boxes right and we don't see them outside of what we know them for mm. and that you know we do that to ourselves we do that for other adults but now that you say that i'm starting to think about it we do that with children as well mm. right we do that with our parents i know for i just now within the last few weeks been able to see my my mother not as just a mother and rachel mm. but as a black woman mm -hmm. right and so and that happened as i was writing my memoir and now the same thing is, is with my daughter that's happening you know that you say even though i'm instilling into the uh, into the older her i'm like wow you know what she is her own she's gonna she's a young black girl she'll mm -hmm. be a, a a black woman who can make her own decisions um, I have to trust in myself, which many of us, especially parents, we don't do, right? We don't trust ourselves um, that we did a good job. So you'll mm -hmm. see a lot of helicopter parenting and, mm -hmm. and, and hovering over our children, which, you know, studies show can lead to them making unhealthy choices. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock said... My number one job is to is to keep to my daughter off the, the pole, pole. <laughs> right? I think that's changed now. So it's like we we don't want her to be a, a Instagram model, right? <laughs> I, you know, where it's not just seventy five people in the club looking at her, throwing money at her, but mm -hmm. it's thousands and millions mm -hmm. of people in her showing her assets to, right? So I, I think that's definitely very big. Also important is the idea of controlling the conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I told my daughter's mother that I that I had this talk with her. She was cool with the, the menstrual talk and the period talk. Oh, Lord. <sighs> yeah, and, and listen, again. It's, it wasn't cringy, listen, like, even yeah, just it, to say the word? Man, listen, um, it's certain things about me that I'm not a, a fan of, right? Or not a fan of, that that just skeeves me. So mm -hmm. that's one of them. It skeeves me. Uh, even though I've been in relationships or what have you. And, and two is, if I'm dating you, I don't want to know that you take a number two mm -hmm. at all. Like it's, it's crazy. Like I just don't You'd rather be that. Yeah, I want a little anonymity. <laughs> exactly. Here. Yeah, I just want to think of somebody. You don't pass gas. You don't do anything. Maybe that's how I just again. I've been conditioned this way, as mm -hmm. they said on Black Star. My condition has been conditioned. You know what was that from school days? Uh, what? Uh, yeah. I think it was the brown skin. It was the intro before. Yeah, brown skin. but I think they got the clip from school oh yeah days, yeah, yeah one of them yeah. movies. Yeah, but important is controlling the conversation. And so when I talked to my daughter's mother and I told her I had a conversation about the identity piece, she was like, oh, I don't know why you did that. Now it could potentially, you know, you see so many kids mm. who are confused yeah. and what have you. And I'm like, well, again, I hate going to research and studies because there's billions of people in the world and we only get a select few that we use for studies or what have you. But the idea of, again, 
she's encountered a gay student already. Mm-hmm. She just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. They might not even know it mm-hmm. because they they don't feel comfortable in having this conversation or they're still trying to figure out that identity. Me having this conversation, I don't think is going to change her, her sexuality or how she identifies one way or another. I think what will impact it uh, is her ability to converse and have that conversation yeah. and that level of trust. So. You know, hence the reason, again, being proactive is so important with our kids. Uh, Because, again, when we think about what we expose our kids to, they're kissing on cartoons, Mm -hmm. they're doing X, Y, and Z. We can push a a heteronormative lifestyle, which Mm -hmm. a large majority of kids probably will be. However, right, when when it's something other than the norm, something outside of our comfort zone, we find so much difficulty with it because, again, it's either... Like this, this menstrual conversation. I'm uncomfortable because I never had it. Yeah. Right. I never was told by my mother. Listen, this is what girls go through. Yeah. My mom called me last night, and she was like, after she watched the watched the video, she was like, I had this sex conversation with you. I was like, Mom, no, you didn't. She was like, Yes, I did. You went mm-hmm. to the girls' house before you went to the girls' house. You told me you was going to go have sex, and I said, First, what? why would I do that? Right. <laughs> why would I do that? Some girl at 16, I met her off the party line. Oh Lord. My are you told? No, so, but, none, I, but that's the none thing. None of that was true. But that's the thing. I, none of that wasn't true. As far as me, um, telling, me telling mom my that. mom that. What I did was I went into my brother's house. God bless the dead. I stayed the weekend over there, and I left from his crib. Went out wild and went so out. So you do remember the your like your your first that I experience? Guess, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, we might not remember our first kiss, but definitely our first sexual experience, especially mm. as as boys, because again, we boys turning into young men into adults because that's mm-hmm. where we get our our clout from, right? Yeah, that's where yeah. we get our our, our big ups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. rites of passage for. For, for boys to go, turning into men. And so I'm like, nah, I told my brother and, you know, I didn't use protection. So he called and told you that, that I didn't use protection. But outside of that, wow, I was like, so, she, so you mean to tell me she just created like a, she created, she, you know, a, she created an entire story. Wow. Uh, of, not an entire story, just that part about me telling her that I did. I'm like, nah, I told you at, or you found out afterwards mm-hmm. from a third party. Otherwise you wouldn't have known. Right, because we didn't have that conversation, um, and so I don't know what your experience was. Have, so, did you have somebody yeah, have a conversation so with you? Yeah, so I, I never, you know what the, the weird thing about it, like, um, and I'm thinking about this more so in this moment, is my parents never really sat down and had a had the sex talk with me, like, you know, kind of like, okay, boom, this is what you do, this uh, vagina, penis, blah, blah, blah. It was more of like in passing um so it would just be my dad would say little things um but it wasn't like a okay we're gonna spend the next half an hour and just i want to make sure you understand it type of thing it was more of in passing um he would bring up like different things as we were like we would be going to go maybe get breakfast or something and i don't know some way shape or form he would just bring up something and then he would leave it and then that would be it Another thing that I do remember is like each one of them being like, okay, well, ask your dad about that. 
or mm. <laughs> okay, ask your mom about that. Yeah, like passing it, the buck. Yeah, yeah, but neither one of them actually answered it. Or maybe <laughs> I just didn't even I didn't take you know responsibility to go actually do it. Yeah. But I would maybe I maybe one of those conversations like with my dad. Okay. Like oh so dad okay so I understand penis. Well, tell me well, why, and you said vagina. Oh okay. Well what what exactly is the oh ask your mom about it. You know, I think that's how most of those conversations, those little five, ten minute little blurps or whatever would kind of end with, oh, ask your mom about it. You know, maybe he didn't. Maybe he wasn't even fully, I guess, you know, fully versed in, you know, the vagina or something like that to be able to to explain it in a way that, uh, you know, a 14 year old, I think I might've been child could understand it. And then my dad's from Ghana as well too. So there's a culture uh, okay. dynamic to, to all of, to all of our interactions. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, no, so. I, I definitely get it. it. It makes complete sense. Cause if they had the conversation themselves in a, in an open conversation at that, then that more than likely would have trickled down, mm-hmm. right? That level of comfort in, in having that discussion. Yeah. For so many of us, especially boys and men, we're having this conversation. We're learning from each other, mm. right? We're learning this misinformation from each other. Which is what I was talking about, that as opposed to that proactive parenting, yeah. that reactive. So it's like, you know, my, so we're talking about sex and, you know, all of that stuff, right? So rather than my daughter having a perverted experience with it, right? And I say perversion, not the actual like calling somebody a pervert per se but just the, the actual true definition of per- perversion rather than having her having a perverted experience with x with whatever it is good touch bad touch i want her to know okay this is what my dad said about this and then have a positive experience with it you know and hopefully she never never gets that but at least she she understands like i created the context for her yeah and then now she's able to then go into the world um based off of the information that me and my wife because i can't even you know i'm not even gonna sit here and lie and take ownership for everything my wife is an amazing wife that's the second drop there (laughs) Um, (laughs) um but um but yeah, I, we, we're very big on that because like I said, it's so much, you know, Frederick Douglass said, what, it's, it's, it's always, it's harder to repair uh, uh, grown um, damage, like men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, something this. like that. My, yeah, my yeah, yeah, good. I'm sorry. That's I hope y'all, friend. I hope y'all understand that. The, the, yeah, the, it's, it's easier to like build up children and repair broken men yes, or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll just take out the pronoun there and just you know in this case it's applicable to my daughter you know um and that's it's funny you say funny you say that the pronoun there because then that's another yeah like now (laughs) at at, at 10 i can't even i'm not even gonna try to attempt to have a pronoun conversation Mm. with her because i don't understand it as as an adult uh, a highly educated adult i still can't grasp the days the thems the Mm -hmm. hers i I mean i clearly i get the the latter Mm -hmm. but even bringing that to a 10 year old right and Mm. just having this conversation and so and that brings me to another point that it just came across we need when we're having these conversations (laughs) uh these new conversations Mm. we need to really treat them you know like babes right like that's a christian drop for you you know (laughs) (laughs) like like we're babes in the conversation like we are kids like we don't know because we we don't know Mm -hmm. so you know, for somebody out there who may be listening, who may be getting frustrated and trying to explain somebody to a grown adult 
the they's, the them's, the hers, the she's, or what have you. Think of it in the context of you're you're having this conversation with a child, right? Mm. That you who's not aware, who who not that they don't have the the capabilities to understand, right? But their life experiences make it even that much more difficult to to try and have them truly understand. So just extending that grace, yeah, uh, yeah. So so when we talk about again these uncomfortable conversations, I was just trying to think of of various ones and how they do differ from sons versus daughter. Now, those mm-hmm. who know, know I have a son, a stepson, um, who's 19. I didn't have the conversation with him. Uh, when we talk about relationships, I, I feel somewhat comfortable in having conversations about relationships and I, and identity with them. But even with that, the, what we tell our sons versus what we tell our daughters, like he had a relationship that he had throughout 12th grade of high school. I'm like, all right, son, you know, you might want to, you know, possibly put think about putting it on the back burner because you're going away. She's staying here, and you're just going to be in this whole new world as if he can't control his dick, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So not mm-hmm. even giving him credit or not giving the relationship or his his desire to be in a relationship credit because that's what we do with men, with boys and men. We don't even give them the type of um, uh, acknowledgement that they have those capabilities. Now the other, you know, what's interesting that that, that is bringing up an interesting point from. From what you just said is I'm careful right and I think we we always have this tendency to parent out of our brokenness right out of whatever happened to us so so like you like you just like you just gave that example of you know him oh well you're going away she's gonna stay here I don't know what your experience was with that it was like well when I was you know 19 and I went away to college, you know, and my girlfriend stayed back. This is what happened to me. So it's almost yeah, like you, happens. yeah, it's almost like yeah. you, it's almost like you parent out of your brokenness. And I have to, I'm not going to obviously sit here and say like, I'm perfect at it. I just have to, I try to be like, okay, all right, is this my issue that now I'm, I'm putting on her? Like, you know, again, so that kind of like that, that proactive parenting, yeah. right? Let me, Okay, let me just let me check myself and make sure that this isn't me introducing my brokenness to her. Cause like sometimes, I, there's this little thing that my 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 daughter does right now, and this is where now I have to uh, kind of like knock my wife a little bit. You got two you got two drops, but now here comes the <laughs> knock, babe. I love you, Roberta. I love you so much. So, my daughter, my wife does not uh, walk over those like uh, the 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 gates. Um, what are they called? The things like the, where you open them up and you can go into the basement of the building. Oh, like that? I mean, a uh, basement? No, 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 no. Storm so, doors? It, not storm doors. They'll be on the street. They'll be on the on the sidewalk, and you can open them up, and then it goes into the basement of the building. Um, cellar? Uh, like a cellar yeah, type okay. of thing. Yeah, so you know how, like, because when you step on it, it makes, like, that noise, or it sounds oh, like, like the great, the like, great, yeah, like yeah. the great joint, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife will not walk over those, right? She does not walk over them. I don't know what her experience was. We never really talked about it, but she will not walk over those for whatever reason. So now, when my daughter is walking, she's like, oh, no, Dad, I have to be careful. I'm like, babe, that's not... I, I tell her she'd be like I'm scared or she'll or my, my wife is scared of snakes and she'll my, my daughter will say mm. no daddy I'm scared of snakes and I have to remind her I'm like no you're not scared of snakes your mom is scared of snakes yeah 
And it's just like, so there's that dynamic as well, too, where you're like, okay, let me be very, very conscious, even how I present this information. So again, proactive parenting, let me be very, very conscious of how I present this information and make sure I'm not presenting it out of my brokenness. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. uh, be careful of, be careful of this type of boy, you know, because... Uh, you know, I remember my my sister had this boy who went to this school and they were all such and such and yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be very, very conscious about that. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's something that you got to check. You know, you got to check your intentions before you go into the conversation. That's why, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to have, you know, to be with the mother of my daughters um, so we can kind of like talk and if it's a conversation that I need to have with my daughter, my wife will kind of like arm me a little bit, like, yeah. oh, okay, boom, this is how you want to do this, and maybe transition to here. And then she just kind of, you know, obviously, whatever we, any type of presentation, you have your points, and then you can kind of weave in between those points. Yeah. Um, and my wife is, she does great at that. Yeah. She, and yeah, and I, I think, you know, my, my co parent and I, I think we do a really good job in, in navigating that. Mm -hmm. um, again, if something happens at school, you know, she'll call me, listen, we're going to talk about this before we talk about about, talk to Kay about mm -hmm. it. My daughter's name is Kay, mm -hmm. clearly. Uh, but we do have this this conversation with this with this one that just passed. It was just like again that it was more so about me, mm -hmm. right? It was more so about me and the fear of again that we about placing our fears on another. But in this one, it was something that needed to take place anyway. And so it's like I, you know it was the equivalent of when you have to do a school presentation, right? They always mm -hmm. say go first, mm -hmm. right? Because if you go first. First, you set the bar, whether high or low, you're going to mm -hmm. get props for starting it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then anybody that follows, they might surpass it, but you get credit for being the one to initiate it. Yeah. So whatever a mom do after this point, I'm, I'm good. I'm in the clear. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Daddy did have this talk. You know, her mom could clarify it and, and what have you. But again, I think it's, it's important when we talk about putting our, our own fears, our biases to the side as parents, which is difficult because it's what shaped us. And so, you know, after after me telling my you know my son that so, you know last year i had to sit back and i was like you know what why not just have the conversation with him about you know what make healthy choices the idea about leading people on and not being led on mm. right and and going down there and having open because if you want to have a healthy relationship you want to have open communication and healthy dialogue and be able to 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 have that relationship with your girlfriend right so so that would have been the more constructive way to have it but again mm. when we're in these these intense moments a lot of times what we're capable of and our best interest might not necessarily be conveyed. Hmm. Uh, and you just hope that you have the wherewithal to come back and to, and to be able to present it in such a way that's much more healthier than it is. Uh, you know, I, I think about just, again, me not having my father, I had my stepfather around, but I just look at how just the evolution of, of parenting and how he parented me, he, him coming from the deep south, him being up in age, it was the idea of children are to be seen, not to be heard, mm -hmm. right? And so me with that, that impacted my level of parenting because I knew the impact that that had on me. Mm -hmm. And so it impacted my parent is where I'm my daughter's biggest advocate. I never, she's never heard me say because I said so, because I want her to be able to articulate and have a voice in, in whatever it is that's being said. I, she recently got an email from her teachers saying that they want to have a, a meeting uh, because she's being disrespectful to authority. 
Right. And I'm like, I'm sitting back. I'm like, because I'll go to bat for it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And first, I want to understand what disrespect means. Right. It's, they said eye rolling and her talking under her breath. And I'm looking at it like, but did the ish get done? Right. Now, if, mm -hmm. you, if you calling her a B under your breath, that's problematic. Mm -hmm. But if it's, oh, man, I don't want to do this perfectly fine i roll and listen she's a human being right she's mm -hmm. a child and me understanding that and so you know i'm very mindful of you know the terminology that we use but because again this is what came from my parenting and i'm i was disrespectful because i said something back and it's no a lot of times it's about how you say it mm -hmm. right it's not a matter of you saying something back so just how just in the, the philosophies of parenting i think they're they've evolved from our parents generation and our parents parents generation to to now i think we're more emotionally aware i think we're more socially aware mm -hmm. uh and i think we're more aware of how we're coping in situations so you know i know you being of african descent mm -hmm. um more <laughs> more uh more closer than myself i'm about <laughs> 10 generations removed right um but you being you know fr what, first generation yeah. american yeah. Mm -hmm. um for, on your dad's side so just as far as what you've noticed as far as you know cultural changes with parenting and things that you've been cognizant of in your parenting yeah so um obviously you know that parents aren't supposed or um child just are supposed to be um are, are supposed to listen to their parents you know not challenge um it is even more so uh dominant in african culture like it's mm. like you know that idea of no you don't you don't say anything anything that is you know that negates anything that your parent that your dad says um is uh is, is not acceptable is seen as a form of disrespect um that's still that's still something that i struggle with to this day you know with my dad you know like i'm like it's almost like i have to it's almost like i have to preface anything that i say to him that could be deemed as disrespectful as like i'm not trying to disrespect you yeah. you know and then i'll go into whatever it is or or something something of the sort right whenever i have that conversation with him um i think because i am you know i am like i've been here since i was 13 years old 13 14 years old and then i would go back to ghana uh periodically i'm more americanized as my dad would say mm. um so it is you know, it is definitely something that I was conscious about, but I think because I've lived in America, you know, that they, there's so many influences on me. Like I didn't take on all of, you know, um, like um, the cultural cultural aspects of uh, of parenting. Yeah. You know, um, I was here for a majority of my life, and my dad, you know, my dad, I think my dad, you know, he did a great job, you know fathering me you know I, I i mean obviously he had his issues there were certain things that um that he did that i don't agree with but mm -hmm. i think overall you know i'm very happy with um with uh with the job that he did with me and it wasn't you know like i said it wasn't that there's those windows there's those moments where i'm just like yeah i realize that's the guy in you yeah. you know yeah. and i can identify that especially now that i'm older now that i'm you know more mature i'm able to be like you know that that concept of take the good and just kind of like poop the rest out or whatever yeah. you know yeah. um so i I'm, I'm not as upset i mean there are still little moments little windows where 
you know, um, it's challenging. Our interaction is challenging because of that. So, so a question, and and that's something that I've experienced and noticed about myself, mm-hmm. um, not having, you know, my biological father present and my stepfather and I not having um, a good relationship. It was it was okay, but not having a relationship that I would desire and that I desire to have with my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me, the idea of and the behaviors of overcompensation uh i've noticed has taken place and so you know even though i think i have a a little bit of understanding as to i definitely have a good understanding as to why but it's being with somebody who had their father present is it something that you experience as well and so reason that i know you know when i say i have some reason as to why when we talk about the narrative of the black father um and the father in general and their lack of presence in the home mm-hmm. and why we have to in in the accolades and the love that mothers get we look no further than mother's day right mm-hmm. where mom get like you on every corner mm-hmm. you're gonna see bears you're gonna see everything going to any store mother's day sale father's day it's just like an afterthought, right? It <laughs> mm-hmm. might fall on Flag Day, and Flag Day might get more love. You know, Chris Rock had the joke that the dad get the big piece of chicken, right? <laughs> like that's all he get. He get the big piece of chicken, and so the overcomp the overcompensating that so many of us do, yeah, um, to either break generational curses or just to 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 try to because of the influence of societal pressures yeah. right yeah in the societal narrative of fathering so is that something that you experience oh yeah absolutely so <laughs> so one of the things that i would definitely say um you know I, I that's not my experience you know obviously the absent the absent father my mm-hmm. father was present my father was there he was amazing um as far as like just being present provided a whole nine but one of the things that i would definitely say and how I try to kind of like overcompensate in my relationship with my daughter is I feel I I, I told my dad that there was definitely this this void between um, him being present physically present um, uh, and not being emotionally like available like sometimes Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be able to like cry with my dad or just share like a moment with my dad of just like something that didn't have to do with oh okay well here's your food here's your clothes here's your like yeah he gave me everything that I wanted and he was present you know so I, I never lacked in that department but as far as like emotionally mm-hmm. I don't think that there was there was support and I don't think and part of it is again so going back to like parenting out of your brokenness I don't know if my dad was able had healthy ways to emote had yeah. spaces you know like the you good man you go you drop to where you can like get these things out right um so I think I definitely overcompensate with my daughter because I felt like there was there was that lack from my dad you know a space mm. to where i can just be with my dad and cry if need be be happy be you know it was just very very like you know structured regimented like you know soldier yeah. you know and all of that he was present he was amazing so like all of that structure I, I i definitely you know applaud him for but i think the emotional the emotional i don't think i don't know if he had the emotional intellect to be able to have those conversations with me because he didn't have that space to where he could do it, you know, maybe with his father. So it was just like, oh, okay. Well, we just pass that buck on down, you know. So yeah. uh, because of my lack, as far as like with him, as it re- as it relates to emotion, um, I'm 
over I probably do overcompensate with my daughter like my daughter has seen me cry before and she's asked me like daddy what's wrong yeah. you know um I, I think I might have seen my in my blank years of life I won't tell you how old I am <laughs> um I think I probably seen my dad cry maybe like three times wow. you know um so um, I, I definitely would say that that's something that I overcompensate maybe. Um, hopefully it's not to a fault where maybe, you know, I emote too much in front of my daughter um, or encourage uh, emoting from her. You know, I hope it's um, something that she, she can look at and be like, oh, well, my daddy is, you know, not like maybe if she compares it to somebody else. Well, mm -hmm. No, my daddy is, I've seen my daddy cry, you know. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and it's something that, you know, kids in particular that they that they pick up on, right? Mm -hmm. They pick up on, you know, how you're feeling. Uh they pick on certain pick up certain behaviors. I remember my daughter was around the the, the age of your older your eldest daughter. Something happened and my daughter said, Oh, uh, no worries. You know, that's what my dad would say. And I was just like, I felt good about that. Like her picking up that that's something that I said, like we're not stressing over things that aren't, that don't need to be stressed over. Right. Now I wish she, she kept that with her going forward. Mm. <laughs> um, Cause she, I mean, she's pretty nonchalant when I, yeah. you know, my daughter, when I think about it, that's why for those who've seen the video, she just sitting there, she got her hands on her face <laughs> and she outside of not feeling well too. But, you know, my daughter is so nonchalant, doesn't nothing really get her too high or get her too low. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a good thing. Yes, I want my daughter to be happy for sure. I want to minimize sadness. But what I always say when, when it comes to me, like people ask me, Phil, are you happy? And it's like my goal is not to be happy. Mm -hmm. My goal is to be able to experience every emotion when mm -hmm. it comes and yeah. to be able to, to deal with it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if, I, if I am happy, I want to be able to appreciate the happiness. Yeah. If I'm sad, I want to be able to understand the sadness. I don't want to have to be able to go find something to to help me cope with my yeah. sadness or with my frustration or with my anger that I've done previously. So I just want to be able to appreciate every emotion because yeah. at the end of it, it just it just means that I'm alive and so with that idea of just knowing that we're alive and you know just what our emotions give how do we take care of ourselves yeah. right how do you take care of yourself when we talk about the idea of self-care especially for men yeah so um so th th that has been like something that I'm recently uh, conscious of um, where you know I I do things now to take care of myself. So I'm, I'm a runner, right? So I, uh, I try to run like three times a week, do like six miles, like three times a week. Um, after my run, typically do my stretch, right? And then normally what I would do prior um, is just kind of get in my car, then go home and just kind of like start my day, whether that's get the girls ready um, um, or whatever. I start my day after that point. What I've done now in the effort to uh, pay attention to myself is after I do my run and do my stretch, uh, I typically go over to Valley Green to do my run. So I've started to take off my sneakers after I do my stretch, take off my sneakers, take off my socks, and I go and I put my feet in the water at Valley Green and just sit there for a minute, not think about anything. Like, I think that that's the thing that, you know, when I think of self-care now, it's, it's to put down what lies ahead of me for the day like oh okay i know mm. i gotta put my girls da, da, da. i gotta do this i got you know this meeting later on da, 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 da. but just be present in that moment yeah. to let the water just kind of like and i'll just sit there and i'll just look at 
the water and I'll just be in in um admiration of how fluid the water is like you know like yeah. I'm just looking at the water with my feet in it and I'm just like here I'm here I'm 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 doing this right now everything else can wait for yeah. the next 15 and it's not even like a long thing but it's because it happens in the beginning of my day it has helped me through the rest of my day um so that you know, obviously showing up to uh, spaces like you, good man. That's the second that's drive second right plug. there. There Salute. you go. Uh, showing up to spaces like you know, you good man. Um, I also got to shout out my brother Greg Corbin. He has a uh, he has a space as well too. And just showing up to these spaces where you know, I know that you're very very conscious of you know, like everywhere else, the black man has to repress, repress, repress. Yeah. Here, brother, you get an opportunity, you know, to to kind of vent if you need to vent uh to be expressive as much as you want when i'm not going to restrict you here like yeah. maybe everywhere else but this space right here is for you brother you know what i mean um and there's sometimes where you know i get in that space and i'm you know uh i'm talkative and then there's other times where i'm just like oh okay i just need to hear i just need to hear from somebody today yeah so it's it's, it's on a uh you know on a on a um uh day-to-day -day or you know session to session kind of like a type of thing you know so uh, but I have those I have those spaces um, I do I have that routine weekly um, and then you know the other thing also like I was just sharing with you I've, I've started the process of finding like a therapist I think yeah, I've got I, one and that's and, and salute to you for that yeah. um, it's because it's, it's critical um, it's, it's something that's necessary, especially as especially as men. Again, you know, this idea where where can we really have open and healthy dialogue? Where can mm. we unlearn some of these unhealthy tenets of masculinity and femininity that are mm. negatively impacting us? And therapy is is one of those spaces for sure. So definitely yeah. salute to you. Uh, and much love and encouragement to you. Uh, for me, I, you know, therapy, I go every Friday. Uh, salute to Dr. Val, mm -hmm. uh, even though I doubt she listens. But, <laughs> but you know, I make sure I go to therapy every Friday. Somebody tag Dr. Val in this Yeah, so, yeah she, I don't even know if she know how to use Instagram. She, she barely just learned how to make business cards. But, um, but yeah, you know, therapy for me, uh, again, the spaces that I, that I help, um, help facilitate, um, I'm getting as much out of those uh, as I'm putting in, right? Yeah. So I'm it's like the hair club for men. I'm not only the president, <laughs> but I'm also a member, right? And that's really what it is. And so by just having these conversations where they're cathartic for me, where mm. I'm just not in a space where I'm doubting myself and uncomfortable, you know, as much flack as I give social media, me posting that video, that two minute video of a conversation that I had with my daughter and, uh, Yo, you did a great job. What have you? Even though I don't look for those extrinsic uh, uh, motivation or or accolades or what have you, they should come um, internally for sure. But it's times we do because again, I'm just navigating this shit. I, mm -hmm. That you know, I, I I have no idea. I've never parented a, a ten year old who's about to be eleven before. This is all new to me. Every day is is new. And, and so with that, when I do receive the positive feedback, it means a lot to me, right? It, it means something to me. And then I also take the critique as well, because again, I'm not perfect. Parenting doesn't come with a manual, uh, mm -hmm. as my mom always said to me. And so, you know, so those are some of the, just the outlets that I do. Again, I go to the gym, I do run, um, 
I, I just walk, you know, I yeah. walk the dog. I just started really getting into to writing. You know, mm-hmm. I was always once, you know, always a writer, but just actively writing every day, mm-hmm. whether I want to or not. Because, again, it's it's a poet and you could check it out on YouTube. He was on uh, Dev, Dev Jam Poetry, Reggie Gaines, that's R-E-G and then E Gaines. You know, he said, I, I write when I don't feel like writing because I, f- I might find out something about myself I otherwise might never have known. Mm-hmm. And so me writing has helped me realize not only is it building resilience and me moving forward, but it's also, again, allowing me to emote just this this morning. Y'all, not the morning y'all probably listening to this on, but uh, just this morning, I was able to to write about my brother. Right. I'm I'm comfortable in having a conversation about him dying from opioid use in 2001 uh, before it became an epidemic. But then when I was writing, I'm writing about things that I really haven't had conversations with people about. Mm. Right. Like the, the fact that he was, you know, for his flaws of of having been arrested. And, you know, he got <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny, but it's not funny. Like he was arrested during his teenage years and he was kicked out of Bishop McDevitt High School because him and a couple friend quote unquote friends robbed another friend's house. Right. And so him being who he is, they called him and said, Hey, uh, the family, hey, can you bring the stuff back? You know, and he mm-hmm. was like, All right, cool. You know, because he felt remorseful. Mm-hmm. And he brought it back, ended up getting arrested. Uh charges was thrown out, I believe. But the fact is he was so charming and and everybody really liked him. He still was friends with the family after it took place. Right. And so I'm sitting here writing and I'm smiling because again, this is allowing me to emote um, these feelings about my brother that I really never processed. I processed his death, which we often do. And it's, it's kind of heavy now that I'm saying it where we process people's death, but we don't process their lives. Mm. Right. And so now here I am now in a different space where I'm able to process his life um, and what he had to offer this world and offer me. And so, you know, when we talk about self-care, you know, writing has been one of those things. It could just be or drawing. Right. I'm trying mm-hmm. to you know, my daughter. She likes to draw the color. Just draw a face of how you feel in a day. I have the clients that I work with. We're talking about adults. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I can write what I'm feeling. <coughs> well, you know what? Draw a happy face, draw a sad face. And then so you can attach an emotion and attach an emotion to what you're experiencing at eight o'clock. Right. And then we can delve deeper in it. something that you can reflect on. Again, this is all a form of self-care because you're getting these feelings out. Right. These getting these feelings out and it's helping to preserve you. So, you know, it's, it's so many things that you can do um, as far as self-care. So we gonna wrap it up. Uh, so how can they find you? Uh, so um, Green District Media uh, at Green District Media uh, on Instagram. Um, there is a website, greendistrictmedia.com, uh, which kind of, uh, just profiles my work, has a portfolio up there, has a little information about me. Um, yeah, I mean, anything at Green District Media, you'll find a cop and a friend poem. I actually have a series, uh, called Beards and Barrettes, where that is the basis of the show slash podcast. It's taking a look at this dynamic of father and daughter relationship. I think there's so many different stories. Glad that so many, so many different so many. stories. Like I've got friends who, you know, daughters are right there in womanhood. And, you know, I, I, I had a conversation 
situation with a friend of mine who I grew up with. Um, kind of, he even classified himself as like a womanizer. Now he's got like four daughters. You, you <laughs> can't, for me, it was like, you can't go to the strip club anymore. And and again, I wasn't the big advocate of the strip club. Yeah. I was the one that you go to the strip club, right? It's like, you don't got to do this, babe. You know what I mean? I'm telling her this like, like this, I could take you out this life. Like I was that boy. I could take you out of here. You don't got to do this no more. He was in you there know? falling in love. <laughs> what, yeah, you better do a T-Pay song, right? <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with you. Yeah, it's, it's real. But but once having a daughter, it's like it, it just. It, oh my I don't gosh. know what the shift was, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm like, damn, where your dad at? <laughs> right? And not. But again, then that goes into the whole idea of you know, uh, you know, I don't want to say mansplaining, but mm -hmm. for that you can't make that your father did something wrong, mm -hmm. that you couldn't be adult enough to make a, a decision that this is what you wanted to do, mm -hmm. right? So. It's, but yeah, but that whole strip club and it's, you know, certain other things that's, that's changed mm -hmm. in ha just on the strength of, um, on the strength of me being a father to a daughter. I think of another thing, like if you got me when I was 21, I would say, oh man, I, I'll always date an 18 year old, mm -hmm. right? Like, man, listen, I could be 40, 50, I'm gonna have me a little 20 year old. Now look at like, yo, you could be my, it's, I could be your dad. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. you start looking at it differently. Yep. Like, nah, I'm, and I, I'm cool. So that's the thing. I think that, so I always, <laughs> always like a little tagline to the Beards and Barrettes show is like, escaping the confines of masculinity through our daughters, through the relationship with our daughters. Because again, right, so we were doing, whether it's like overcompensating or, you know, we were just doing it because we thought that this was what, mm -hmm. you know, what a man is supposed to do. The moment that we have daughters, well, I, well so I'll, I'll use the I statement. The moment I had a daughter, it just, I became sensitive to a lot of different things that I never maybe necessarily didn't give like two, I didn't, I didn't give a second thought to it. was like, Oh, okay, dad. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Okay. All right. And I did it. Right. Or your homie said, Oh, such and such or whatever. And you just want to be, you want to be cool with your friends. So you just kind of went along with it. Um, when I had my daughter, it just kind of opened my eyes more, uh, to, two different, uh, things like, Oh, you know, um, so I always said that about the Beards and Barrettes show. It's like escaping the confines of masculinity, yeah. holding our daughter's hands. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's real, man. Yeah. Kanye said, what do you say? You have a daughter, you pray to God, she don't grow breasts or something, man. <laughs> and, it's, and it's definitely real. Yeah. As far as how you get in contact with me, it's always Phil underscore quantified as Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y on Instagram and on Twitter. I don't use Twitter because it triggers me. Um, also so how would you get the Twitter? Because I still, because I still press the link button and mm -hmm. it sends it to Twitter, even though I'm not on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. So, because I know a lot of people still use Twitter, even though I think it's jumped the shark. Uh, but uh, you can also check out the website www.quadifyllc.net. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the share button. Share with a brother. Otherwise, I'm be inclined to think that you are a hater. That's that's from my my guy Bomani Jones, man. I love when he do that in the intro, uh, uh, his podcast. So no, I, I appreciate you guys again. Check out Cobra Green District Media on IG and the internet site. Yeah. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.